Welcome to Financially Ever After, where award-winning and nationally recognized financial expert Stacy Francis will bring you savvy tips and words of wisdom on how to secure your financial future before, during, and after divorce. For 30 minutes every other week, you'll hear personal stories from women who have either faced or are currently facing this transition. In addition, you'll also soak up knowledge and inspiration from the industry's top legal, financial, residential, and mental health professionals. And now here's our host, Stacy Francis. Thank you, Steve. Uh, welcome to Financially Ever After. And we have Randy Levin, who is our guest today. She is the founder and CEO of Randy Levin Coaching. It's a nationally recognized transitional life strategist, an author, a keynote, a reinvention expert, which I love that name of reinvention expert. And Randy, you're gonna have to tell me a little bit more about that. Randy supports women in redefining and curating their legacy as a power tool for living their best life today, utilizing a what's next mindset. She applies her signature GPS coaching system, incorporating growth, purpose, success, and a deep dive into fear to empower women to pivot and refresh their perspectives. She's widely quoted. I'm sure that you guys have seen her either in publications such as the Wall Street Journal, ABC, NBC, Fox, CBS, Reader's Digest, Business Insider, Working Mother, which is one of my favorite publications, LA Talk Radio as well. She's a contributor on the anthology series, Get Results as well. So I am very honored to have you here, Randy, and I'd love to hear more about you and just even hear about your story. What brought you to this work? Because you have you have a lot of passion for what you do, and it comes through in, in your emails, in your writing, um, just in, in who you are. I can tell that you, you adore this work. I do. Thank you, Stacey. Um, I often say that coaching found me. Um, It is my own midlife reinvention and pivot. And so it's something that is near and dear to my heart because of that. Um, And so for many years, I was in corporate America for better part of two decades. And I kind of stepped off of that track mid to late 30s to raise my kids and thought, okay, well, I'll go back to something or Mm -hmm. start something. And kind of stepped more into the stay-at-home mom thing um, and did all the volunteering and was that super mom and had all these skills and stuff. And then there was these whispers, as I call them, that were kind of coming at me for for many years. What's next? Mm -hmm. What do you want to be when you grow up? I knew there was a next chapter. I just had to get there. And um, there are a lot of little red flags that went off. But the the long and short of it is, is that I really asked myself some really serious questions. I call it having having a meeting with yourself and was able to extract from that really what was next in my life and kind of tumbled into the whole coaching thing and uh, haven't looked back. It's been amazing. And I love what I do. That's amazing. That's really powerful. And as far as the people who come to see you, tell me a little bit more about um, the the clients that you work with. Okay, sure. Um, I feel that we make a lot of decisions as women out of school, out of college, out of grad school, that we're going to pursue a certain profession, we're going to go after a certain thing, and then maybe we decide to get married, and then mm-hmm. we become Mrs. So-and-so. Um, and then we have our children, perhaps, and you know we lock into that whole family thing, and all of this is all wonderful stuff. 
except these purposes that we've chosen shift Mm -hmm. as we shift and yet we don't always grasp that there are times that we just do what we do because that's what we're used to doing instead of embracing what that next piece or the next thing is and so we lock into decisions we made and made at 22 or 25 years old and think that's going to last a lifetime and yet (laughs) we have the ability to really re-choose and to turn and pivot in that so that you know, who we are at 45 or 55 or 65 or 80 years old can really be reflective of who we actually are in that moment, not necessarily a decision that we made at 25 or 30 years old. And I think that's really important. Yeah. So people who come to see me are people who have either been doing the same thing over and over and feel that they have reached a point where they're stuck and want to move forward in their lives. They're people coming out of relationships, um, whether it's a divorce whether it's an empty nest situation, um, whether they're taking care of parents and now being the parent, um, or it's people who are uh, maybe downsizing from the corporate world, if you would, into having their own business or vice versa, or coming from a stay-at-home mom position back into a workforce. So people who are coming into something that's new in their lives, they feel it, they don't really know what to do with it, how to take action on it, and so they'll seek that support. Mm-hmm. Well, I know so many women listening to this would would agree that having that support is so important in fact as you know nothing changes a woman's life as much as divorce so as you're talking and and kind of reconnecting you're talking about you know reconnecting with yourself again um creating that new identity how can she do that because you you just talked about mm-hmm. of all of a sudden your new identity is Mrs. So-and-so. And then all of a sudden you're, you're essentially a, a different identity than what you might have been for three, five, 10, 15, 20, even we're working with women, 40 and 50 year marriages, Exactly, um, a completely different identity of who they are. How can they reconnect with themselves, especially if they don't know who they really are? Exactly. Well, the important piece to remember is that this isn't really an ending, it's a beginning. Mm -hmm. And it's now your time, your chapter to be able to figure out who you are in that moment. You know, what were the elements of things that you did before you were married that still appealed to you that maybe you backburnered for? decades perhaps Mm -hmm. Uh, or what are some of the things that you're doing a little bit of but you've always wanted to do more and you haven't taken steps into that so being able to take a look at what's really available to you what appeals to you now and and understanding that it doesn't have to be the same thing that appealed to you before because you're right nothing changes a woman more than stepping out of a divorce and we think about how it impacts your friendships your finances, where you live, where you're working, your relationship to your children, and of course your relationship to yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's important to remember that we have that relationship to ourselves. So this is a key time where you can really ramp up and say, okay, so what are these things I've always wanted to do that I haven't done? You know, that exercise that I've been talking about for the last decade, this is the time to do it. You know, Mm -hmm. that artistic streak that I've always had, you know, and now I haven't, you know, picked up a paintbrush in 10 years. Maybe it's time to have that expression and to see where that goes. And it doesn't have to be 
a big, big event. It can Mm -hmm. be the smallest little step toward doing something because very often I'll hear from women, this is a very typical one, my husband doesn't like to travel and I always wanted to travel and, you know, so I'll say, well, okay, traveling is very inspirational. It allows you to pause. It's a great thing. And they'll say, oh, but now I don't have the money to travel. They're coming out of a divorce. I'll say, okay, I get that. So we'll scratch right through where it says African safari (laughs) and trip to Australia. So what about the beach house that your friend already owns? Or what about one night in Boston or New York and taking in the city? Mm -hmm. What about giving yourself back a small piece of that travel? What about Mm -hmm. a day trip? Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be that, that big event that you envisioned. It could be the smallest thing and then acknowledging that thing as a success. Yes, I did that. This is growth. This is something mm-hmm. I wanted to do. Now I've done it. What's next? What can I do to, to further that, to string that together? Mm-hmm. Something that we have heard over and over and over from women who have gone through the divorce process and you know they're, they're five, ten years out, even beyond that, reflecting back. And one of the, the key themes we hear women say is I wish I had gotten more support I wish I had focused on taking care of myself and that's exactly what you're talking about and I can hear some women there I call them um, bitchy Betty I have one too sitting on my side saying you know that sounds a little selfish that sounds like it's all about me Um, you know shouldn't I be focusing you know on my kids shouldn't I be doing all these things how do you work with a woman like that, Randy, who she needs to be taking care of herself? Because I know this, that if I don't take care of me, I get depleted. I get depleted. Sometimes I'll even get sick. I mean, I'm sure we've all looked back at, you know, we've gotten sick because we weren't sleeping right. We weren't eating right. We were run thinking, down. We were run down. We were stressed out. We were taking care of everyone else except ourselves. And then something like that happens and you're stuck in bed for two or three days when you can't even move out of it and all you can do is take care of yourself. How can you convince women to stand up for themselves and take care of themselves first. Well, you're going to love the question I'm going to ask. And I do have a question for this because coaching is very question driven. Yeah. Um, the question I want to ask is what are you worth? And there's different ways to look at worth. Okay. Mm-hmm. So obviously there's the financial side of which you're, you're very in tune with. And that's important. What are you worth financially? Where have you invested? Where are you savvy as a, as a, woman in in society you know um but then that piece of it that's your investment in you what are you worth where are you making that investment different places to do it we can invest in stocks we can invest in different types of accounts for ourselves we can invest in real estate we can invest in all different things and then we can invest in a gym membership in a coaching package Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. the class we've always wanted to take in that trip whether it's big or small these are or even a book at Barnes and Noble, right? The book in Barnes and Noble, yeah. That, right. that the you know, lunch that you're, you're yeah. treating yourself to, yeah. Whatever yeah. that is, but take those steps. You're not. I always uh, reference stoves because we all have stoves in our mm-hmm, kitchen, mm-hmm. front burners and back burners. And I often say that you think about you're cooking that big Thanksgiving meal. 
everything that's on the front burner are the things that need your attention, the things that you have to add stuff to that you don't want to burn. And the stuff you stick on the back burner is the stuff that's self-sufficient, yeah. right? It's the stuff that can just simmer for a while. It's like the pasta. Right. Yeah. It's just, just <laughs> put it back there. It's fine. And I think as women, very often, we stick ourselves on the back burner because we're so busy taking care of the front our, burner, the front burner, our families, our kids, yeah. our husbands, yeah. you know, our businesses, our social calendars, you know, every detail of everything. And then we forget that the day in, day out of ourselves, we're going to get there. We keep telling ourselves we're going to get there. Well, we don't get there unless we actively make that decision to do so. Mm-hmm. And it does deplete us when we don't. You know, everything comes down to energy. Mm-hmm. You know, your energy enters the room well before you do. Yeah. And if we're not giving ourselves back that energy, if we're living in tomorrow thinking that everything is only to this goal or everything we're going to get to or someday when I'm ready, when I have the money, when I'm not coming out of the divorce, when it's, you know, the sun, the moon and the stars align, I'm going to get to it. Our energy is in the future. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're passing on today. We're just going right over it because we have no energy level for it. And when we're dwelling in the past and we're thinking about the marriage that failed and, you know, the things that didn't work, the business that we may have gotten downsided out of, that's where our energy is. It's behind yeah. us. We yeah. need it in the moment because this moment is the only one that we can take action on, the only one that we can do something with and actually um, redirect, if mm-hmm. you would. So you're talking a, a lot about helping women move forward and doing so in a really healthy way. How do you work with women who essentially want to erase the past? Um and, and it might be because it's it's very painful. Um, is that something that is good to do of just essentially starting your life new and almost pretending like this didn't exist before, especially if it was an unhappy marriage? What is the best thing to do in that type of a, a case? Because I do hear women um, trying to erase the past. Yeah, all the time all the time and here's here's my twist on it if you think about your life as a story and it is a story it's a story of your life and we think about each chapter as a new season of your life or a new opportunity for whatever's next that chapter on your marriage is a chapter of your life and if you erase that you're erasing part of the story mm-hmm. and if we erase part of the story there isn't a story mm-hmm. That chapter gives you grit. It gives gives you tools. It gives you the ability to lead, even if it's just in your own life, which is a huge deal. It gives you a lot of um, knowledge that you wouldn't have had. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So it's really important to to not want to erase it, but rather to highlight it. Mm-hmm. D- different thing you're going to get at Staples. Don't get the eraser, get the highlighter. And actually go through and think about, and I know it's really hard to do sometimes, but if you've put in a decade, two decades, three decades with somebody, there must have been some high points. Mm-hmm. There must have been some good notes. You didn't start out the way you ended. What were they? Highlight them. Bring them forward. Okay, if you have children, we all know that that's going to be on the top of your list. But yep. there's so many other nuances. Maybe your your ex was really good at whatever mm-hmm. or was always, you know, showed up for X, Y, and Z, whatever it was. Or there could be things that you were empowered to do because of that marriage. You know, mm-hmm. you may have said, oh, he never takes control of whatever. But because he didn't, you did. And so now you are the, the smartest person ever in your own finances or the smartest person ever about whatever subject it is. 
that's a highlight. Mm -hmm. That's success Mm -hmm. that you wouldn't have had had you not had this era of your life, this this time in 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 your in who in your story. Mm-hmm. And so take those highlights and, and list them, actually put them together and take a look at what you're talking about. It's a tool set. Mm-hmm. It's your tool set. It's what makes you you. It's what makes you unique. How can you then use those very same successes in a forward motion? Mm-hmm. Where can you take them? Where can you lean into them and expand upon the things that did work? Yeah. Um, so yeah. So it's, it's really important using what you have. So as far as fear, um, I think you, we can both agree that fear can keep us in relationships longer than we would want to be in them. That fear of the unknown, the so many different pieces of, of fear. How can we learn to have less fear in our life, to fear less because you're going to have more relationships and you know, knock on wood, you want them to be healthy and happy. But if they're not, if you not, if they are not, we want to make sure that us going forward in our new life, that we have the courage that we're able to put less fear in our life to be able to recognize that something might not be working and to move on. How, how do we do that? Especially when so many women coming out of a divorce feel like they just came out of a, a, a fighting round with Mike Tyson and, you know, they, they didn't have boxing gloves even on. So how do we do that? Well, it's it's not so easy because our fears never really leave us. We kind of attain them as at a young age and they stay with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best case scenario is when we learn to live alongside them mm-hmm. by being able to take those steps to move forward on the things we really want to be doing instead of pushing them forward and saying, okay, we'll get there, we'll get to it. You know, maybe it's not for me actually start to take the steps forward into what that is. So one of the one of the exercises I like to do with with audiences that I have or in my workshops is what I call kind of moving your fears aside. And so just going to do a visioning, just a, a little brief one. Just imagine that the movers show up in front of your home, in front of your apartment, and they unload several cartons. Okay, and they bring them into your living room with the packing tape and the bubble wrap and that nice little um, plain newsprint that they give you. And they give you their business card and they say, okay, call me when you're done. And now here's your task. Your task is to take every one of your fears, whether they are about your marriage, about you personally, about your business, whatever they are, and you're gonna package one of them up in each one of these boxes. So if you have a fear of trust, or a fear of commitment, or a fear of the unknown, or a fear of success, or a fear of feeling broken, whatever that fear is, each one of them is going to go into its own box. And you're going to be really, really, really careful how you wrap that fear up because it's part of you. So you're going to use that bubble wrap and you're going to use that extra paper and you're going to put into each one of these boxes your fear. And then you're going to close the lid on every one of these boxes, every fear. And then you're going to use that wonderful tape and you're going to tape shut the lid on each one of these boxes. And you're going to take the Sharpie marker that they left you and you're going to name your fear on the side of the box. Fear of the unknown, fear of commitment, fear of trust, fear of failure, whatever your fears are. And then you're going to use the business card and you're going to call back that moving company and you're going to watch them carry those boxes out of your living room, out of your apartment, out of your house, into their truck, and they're going to drive them away. But they're not going to drive them to another planet 
or even to another state. They're going to drive them to the edge of whatever your town is, and they're going to put them into a storage unit because it's important that they're still in your community because they are part of you. Mm-hmm. But what this does, <clears throat> you see the shift already, what this does yeah, is yeah. it separates you from the fear. Yeah. It allows you to have bandwidth, to have space, to think, to move the fear aside just enough that you could say, okay, so if I do do this, if I move the fear aside, what can I do? And then I want you to understand that you can take these fears. So let's say it's a fear of commitment at this point. And I want you to write down three things that you can now do because you don't have a fear of commitment sitting in your living room. And then I want you to take action on at least one of them today. And do that with each one of your fears. It's a process. Mm-hmm. It's a process where we have to let go of something in order to let something else in. And in this case, it's letting go of the thing that's stopping you. Mm-hmm. And Randy, what I love is that you're also naming the fear. Yes, you're naming the fear and also... And you're uh, calling it out. Calling it out. And you can also give it a nickname, a pet name, if you like. It could be, you know, whatever you want. It could be derogatory. It could be humorous. It could be whatever you, whatever is working for you. But mm-hmm. um, it's important to name it. It's important to call it out. It's important to acknowledge it mm-hmm. because we can only yeah. play around with it if we, if we admit that it's real. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I have named mine my little bitchy Betty. And and really what that is, it's a fear of not being perfect. Mm. And I have really realized and been able to label that is what my fear is. And I grew up in a household where there was lots of love, lots of love. But, but somehow you needed to get straight A's. Somehow, even though it wasn't told, I, was, I, I knew that I had to get straight A's, that if I was going to be playing basketball, I needed to be the captain, that you know, if I was going to be on the ski team, I needed to be the captain. Mm-hmm. And ha- labeling this and saying that I have a need to be perfect has been so empowering. It doesn't mean that I'm perfect, I will tell you, right? You can see I'm not perfect um, at being able to, to move beyond it. But but just having that knowledge, I, I, I know when my little bitchy Betty is coming up and saying, you know what, you should you should be doing this, you should, you're going to go out for a five mile ride uh, on your bike, it should be a 10 mile ride, because that's really what you should be doing. Um, it, it helps, it helps. And so I think it's fantastic that you've been able to have an actual exercise. Yeah, to, to I, I name have another it. piece to that that may be helpful as well. And the other piece is, you remember, well, I'm old enough to remember this, you might not remember it, but remember the little permission slips that used to have in elementary school? Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. they were pink. Yeah. They'd, you know, they'd be signed by your teacher or the principal or whoever, and you got to walk from one classroom to another or to the office, or yeah. you were just the bomb because you had this permission slip. So Freedom. Yes. So buy yourself, back to Staples again, where we're not buying erasers and we're buying highlighters. Mm-hmm. Buy yourself some of those wonderful pink uh, post-it notes and write, literally write yourself some permission slips. So if your fear is a fear of being perfect, give yourself permission 
to not be so perfect in some specific thing and post them up where you can see them. Yeah. Refer to them. Make mm-hmm. them part of kind of a motivational wall for yourself. So every yeah. time you see yourself falling into that habit a little bit, say, hey, wait a minute. It's okay. Let me give myself a little space around this. It's okay if I do five miles and not 10 miles. Five miles is more than most people are doing. That's great. I'm going to be really happy with myself and reward myself for doing the five. That's a success. Yeah. Well, thank you. As far as you know, back to, to kind of challenges, um, we talked a little bit about fear, but, but what are the biggest challenges or struggles that you see women going through divorce dealing with? What, what do you see uh, as that that one thing that holds a lot of women back? Is there anything that pops to your mind? The thing we just talked about, fear. Fear. Yeah, it really is. And the stories that they'll tell, it is unbelievable the web that's spun. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just all over the place. You know, how they're projecting what they think is going to happen or, you know, this, this, you know, it's going to be the end of the world and, you know, I'm not going to be able to do this and now I can't do that. And how am I going to do this on my own? And, um, you know, I don't have the skill set to do X, Y, and Z. Okay. And what do you have? Mm -hmm. Because you may not have that, but you have something else Mm -hmm. or, you know, where, where can you step forward and actually say, okay, I've got this. I, I'm a, a leader in my own life. That's personally and professionally. I've done this. I, mm-hmm. I've, I've done it before. I can do it again. Yeah. And it's it's kind of coming up with that uh, resiliency, if you would, and knowing that it's okay to mm-hmm. use the perfect mm-hmm. thing again, mm-hmm. that to not be perfect, but to take steps forward. And, yeah. and that's the important piece. And I think for a lot of women coming out of divorce, it's it's they really want to, it's one or two things. They want to pull the blanket over over their heads and, and pretend it's not happening because it's so ominous and big. Or they go full force into the next relationship, into everything, you know, as if nothing happened. Yeah. Well, something did happen. <laughs> so we want to acknowledge it. We're not saying not to acknowledge it. We want to, you know, make that a part of who we are because it is a part of who we are. But we want to be able to take very positive, successful steps forward into whatever's next. Mm-hmm and mm-hmm. every aspect of whatever's next. And the only way to do that is if we allow ourselves the bandwidth in which to do it. So yeah. we stop ourselves and we say, oh, this isn't fiscally responsible or this isn't that or, you know, I, I, I don't have whatever. Where mm-hmm. are you going to go with that? And do you see any of these fears turning into mistakes that you've seen happen, whether they're mistakes that impact mm-hmm. them financially or what does that look oh, like? Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, while you're busy sitting there saying that you don't have it, you can't do it, and it's not the right time, and I couldn't start it, you're not doing it. Mm-hmm. And you don't have it, and it won't be the right time, and how will it ever be? And so, another trick I'll share with you. It's a power word. And no one ever thought of this as a power word except me, so I'm happy to share it. The word and. If we take the word and, and we add it to A-N-D. any... A and D. Okay. add it to any story you're telling yourself. Okay. So let's say that you're coming out of this relationship, this marriage, and you feel like you don't have the skill set. So your story's gone like this. You know, my marriage is ending, and I've been a stay-at-home mom, and I don't have the skills, and I'm not going to be able to do this. And, you know, I I would do it. I would start my own business, but I I really can't. And all these stories you're telling yourself, and it's kind of this windy Mm -hmm, sentence. mm -hmm. Here's the shift. I'm coming out of this marriage. And I don't really have the skill sets for this. Yet, 
And <laughs> I think that I can go online and take some classes. And I think I can start networking to find out more about what it is I most want to do. There's something there. Mm-hmm. It opens a door. So when you take away that end of the sentence where you're telling yourself everything you can't do and you take the period away, add and, and tell yourself something you can do or a couple of mm-hmm. things that you can do, there's always that yet, that and, that you can add to yeah. that thought that empowers you to do a few things. It's it's interesting. I've never looked at that word in that way, but <laughs> as you describe it, it's an expansion word. It's an expansion word. Right? It's, it's an, an expansion. expansion word. And I use it in coaching all the time. So someone will start telling me, you know, the laundry list of why something can't be. And I yeah. look at them and I'll say, and, and they stop. Yeah. Because now they have to think there has to be an and. And you don't want the and yeah. to be, you know, crash and burn. So you've got to add something positive to that. You know, it's so interesting. I've realized in this space right now that my eight-year-old has mastered this. So she is so smart, Randy. We're down at Legoland and uh, we're in the Legoland store, which you can only imagine what that looks like. And for her, she, she pointed to one of the Legos and said, Mama, can I have that Lego? I said, you know, no, Sammy, I, I, we can't have the Lego especially because we're going to have to carry it around all day. And I, I, I pictured myself carrying this Lego down these roller coasters. And she said, well, and can I, what about that one? And what about that one? Well, I will tell you, Randy, she broke me down. Yes. She broke me down. She ended up walking out of there with a roller coaster Lego. And she has learned the expansive effect of and, of yeah. that when you're telling. Possibility yourself no or you're hearing from someone else no that if you keep on asking and saying and about well what about this funny enough you might get what you want which my daughter just did she played me she used the and expansion effect beautiful i love it and i love what you just said too because she asked and she kept asking and that's the other a word i want to share with you and we think okay well yeah of course i ask if i need something i ask no we don't yeah we don't most of us don't we think we are Okay, but we're not, or we're very gently asking. And what's happening while we're gently asking is no one no one knows what we're really thinking. So we're thinking, we want this. I want to be on this podcast. Well, did you ask? No. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the answer when we don't ask? No. The answer is no. Exactly. And so it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, and it shuts you right down. So you've got a better than 50% chance, really, if you do ask for the things you want. Because first of all, you're, now you're manifesting them. Mm-hmm. So you're putting it out there to the universe. And yes, it sounds woo, but it works. You're putting it out to the universe that you want this, which yeah. means you're putting it out to you that you want this, whatever that is. It could be that, that deal that you want, that lunch that you're looking for, that connection that you want, the podcast you want to be on, the magazine you want to be in, the relationship you're looking for, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But if we don't ask, if we don't put ourselves in that position, how can we build upon that? How can we move forward in that? Um, so really, really important to allow yourself the ability to do that. Because the worst case scenario is somebody's going to say no. And you know worse off than when you were when you didn't ask because that answer is no. And the best case is even if they say no, there's still probability in that. Mm-hmm. There's still some momentum. There's still energy in it. Yep. They may connect you to something or someone else. They may think of you another time for something else. Yeah. So the possibilities become kind of endless just by putting it out there. So and and ask are your friends. I love that. I love that. <laughs> so we only have a couple couple more minutes. Um, but before, I'd love to hear from you just some parting 
you know, words of wisdom or, or thoughts or things that you want to make sure that the women listening to this podcast are able to, to walk away with? Okay. Um, this is going to sound very like what? Uh, but I'm going to say it anyway, because it was one of the mantras that I used in my own reinvention. Someone said it to me and I said, huh, really? Say yes now and figure it out later. And does that sound filled with risk? On some level, yes. But what it does do is it allows you, when you actually say, say yes now and figure it out later, it allows you to take steps forward. Action. Action. Do it. Do something. Whatever that is. You know, take the smallest possible step. It doesn't have to be the big win. It doesn't have to be the perfect ending. You will figure it out. And when you take those little steps, you'll evaluate them. Mm-hmm. Are they working? Can I take another one? Was that totally not what I wanted? So you're going to retract from that and do something else. It gives you momentum. It puts you in the moment. It allows you to, to take action instead of inaction. And if you really want to reinvent your life and change your life and really kind of deep dive into your own legacy and curate and create that, you need to be able to take those steps yeah. and take that action. Okay. So Randy, how can our listeners learn more about you? I'm so, I'm floating on a cloud right now um, because this was such an empowering talk. It really was. And what I love too is that you gave us concrete tools, um, concrete exercises, whether it's, you know, packing up our fears and shipping them to the edge of town, whether it's expanding and bringing and into how we think think of things, or using that really important word of ask and ask and ask. Mm-hmm. Um, how can women find out more? Because I know that you have workshops and you, you have a lot of different uh, right. resources on your website. I do. I have lots of resources and lots, lots of written material on my website, including an entire um, section all about divorce. Um, so you can find me in residence always at www.randylevincoaching.com. Um, you can also, I invite you into a conversation. So on my website, you'll see a little calendar link that, that's on there. If you'd like to oh, nice. have a 20 minute chat, please, you know, click on the link. And you, you know, just click calendar. on that and then pick yeah. a time. Pick a time. Love it. And, love it. You know, put your information in. Let's talk further. Um, and always open to connection. So reach me via email at randy at randylevincoaching.com. And I also have a freebie that I'm offering. I, I have love it. a reinvention summit program that's my signature program that was originally done as a webinar. And now I have the audios and I sell those audios. I'm making one of them available to your listeners uh, today, and uh, it is one of my favorites, actually. It's how to move from fear to fearing less. It's a 60-minute audio workshop. Um, you'll also have access to the the papers, the the workshop um, handouts. Handouts. Like, thank you. They go with that, and um, you can access it at the following link. And I will say this twice: it's https colon forward slash forward slash randylevincoaching dot com forward slash download dash free dash audio forward slash. I'm going to repeat: https colon forward slash forward slash randylevincoaching dot com forward slash download dash free dash audio forward slash and it's yours so i hope people will take advantage unbelievably generous unbelievably generous um and you've given us so many tools but then here we are walking away with another tool yeah and you will get a lot from that there's there's quite a bit in. i will tell you i will be listening into that too because 
you know, I, I have, I have fears too. I think, I mean, let's we be honest. Do. I mean, we all do. We all do. And, um, when, when I, I see it holding me back from being that person I want to be and, and taking sometimes risks that I'm afraid of, that's when I realize I'm not, I'm not living my real full life. And it's so, like you say, if this is not a dress rehearsal, we do it once. Let's live the best, most wonderful life possible. Exactly. And so thank you for being here to, thank you. to help us learn how to do that. This is great. Thanks so much. And Stacy, how do our listeners reach out to you and find out all the great things you're about? Well, thank you, Steve. Um, we love our website. You can visit that, francisfinancial.com. And on there, you're going to find great, great resources. Um, the one that I really want to bring your attention to on the front page, you'll see a link to our wonderful survey that talks a little bit about how women can better go through divorce with less collateral damage. We interviewed 150 women and the information is so powerful. And it talks about the unspoken challenges that women face emotionally, illegally, uh, emotionally, legally, as well as uh, financially through the the divorce process. So you can get a link and see that uh, online. Uh, We can also send you a snail mail. So just reach out to me. Stacy S-T-A-C-Y, at FrancisFinancial.com. And thank you for, again, being here, Randy. This has been a fantastic podcast. And thank you for sharing your information, your time uh, with Financially Ever After. Thank you, Stacey.